Have I ever told you the story of how my wife made the first move? I'm sensing doubt in the audience. It's true. No, true story. It was our second date. Our second date, we had gone to a concert at her church to see Larnell Harris, which at that time was the Christian Lionel Richie. You can laugh, but it's true. That's what they called him. And then afterwards, we went to the ground round uh, for some food. And then we just got in the car and we decided just to, just to drive around, just to talk, uh, just to get to know each other better. Now, if you don't know the Rochester area very good, or very well, out um, near Roberts, if you go far enough, it's just a lot of countryside, uh, a lot of farms, a lot of open spaces. And so you can get lost really easily. And this was 1988. So this is pre-GPS, right? Pre-cell phones. And this was way before my internal compass matured. So I got lost pretty quick. And I started getting nervous. I started getting anxious. And we pulled up to a red light. I remember this at a bridge. And all of the sudden, that brazen woman just leaned over and planted one right on my cheek. Now, I'd like to say it was my animal magnetism that caused her to do it, but the truth of the matter is, is she saw me scared, afraid, lost, and she just wanted to try to reassure me. It's essentially the same reason she married me. So you know, (laughs) Brandon, I need you on the drums, man. I need you to be like doing little rim shots here. So actually, you know, thinking about that story, you guys can relate to this. Um, it's no fun being lost, is it? I mean, even with uh, cell phones, even with GPS trackers, we can still get lost. And it can be nerve-wracking. Um, it, it can be scary. It can be stressful. But you know what's even more anxiety-inducing? I think it's more anxiety-inducing when we're lost in life. When we're not exactly sure where we're going or what we should be doing with our lives and our careers, you know, should we get married, should we stay single, should we have kids, no kids, Uh, this career, that, I mean, these are tough questions. And when you feel lost, when you don't feel like you know where you're going, it can get pretty stressful. And we don't have GPS for this, do we? We don't have cell phones for this. But you all know we do have God, right? And that's the good news. God loves all of us. Graduates, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90-year-olds. He loves us all. And he wants to lead us and guide us because he has the direction he wants us to go. He's given us our gifts. He's given us our abilities, our, our passions. He's got the plan. But here's the thing. We have to let him lead. And so that's my opening question for you today. And I just want you to think about it for just a moment. It's simply this. Are you letting God lead your life? Now, when you think about that, I want to talk to you about three biblical truths that tie into God's direction. And here's the first one. God will guide us if we humble ourselves. God will guide us if we humble ourselves. I want to read to you from the book of Psalms, Psalm 25, uh, verses 1 through 9. It'll be on the screen if you want to follow along. 
And this is the word of the Lord. And you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right, and he teaches them his way. Folks, if we want God to guide our lives, we have to humble ourselves. Now, what I want to share with you this morning is an illustration of the opposite of this. What would, what would it look like if we didn't humble ourselves? And actually, this illustration happened this past Tuesday. Uh, I got my driver's license when I was 18. So I've been driving now for 34 years. And I saw something on Tuesday I had never seen in my driving life. I was on Oriskany Boulevard. I was coming away from New Hartford, going to Utica. So, you know, going towards the odd. And um, you know how it is where there's the, the two lanes of traffic going this way and the two lanes of traffic going this way, right? Okay. So I come around that curb and I look up and I see a car coming at me. Yeah, in my lane, coming at me. And it kind of shocked me at first, because I'd like, that doesn't make sense. You know how your brain computes? And you think to yourself, oh, maybe this is just, I have one lane and he has, no. I have two lanes and he is coming at me. Now, I don't know if it was a he or a she. In fact, let me do this real quick. Was that you? Anybody here want to own up to that? No, because I'm about to say some things about you. I don't want to be offensive. Okay, here's the deal. So, so, so I'm, you know, everything happens really fast at first. And, and so you see this car coming at you. And now if I'm in that car, I'm thinking, obviously, I got on the wrong road. And so the thing you would do, right, is, is probably pull over. You're going in the wrong direction, so you better get off the road. So you think you would pull over or, or something like that. But no, this person, God bless them, was laying on their horn. They were essentially saying, get out of my way. Move. I'm coming through. <laughs> and of course I did quickly. And we, they missed us. Thank the Lord. And I looked in my rearview mirror. And I'm just watching cars, not his car, but their car, swerving all over the place. I'm thinking, that dude is just going to keep going the wrong way. And I'm thinking, okay, what is going on in that car? Okay, and I'm trying to say, oh, maybe he's scared. Maybe she's scared. Maybe they're freaking out and... They're just having a panic attack. Um, Maybe they're under the influence of something. Uh, Maybe they've got people in that car yelling at them, turn around. You know how you got three or four voices telling you what to do. But then I thought, man, the way that person is laying on their horn, maybe they're they're just prideful. And they're just saying, you know what? I don't care what the law says. I don't care 
I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going this way and you need to move out of my way. Because I got places to go. I got things to do. You move. Now, I thought about that a lot this week and I thought, you know, that's really how a lot of people live their lives today. Right? They're going against the grain. They're going in the wrong direction. They're making huge mistakes. But for some reason, they keep going. Now, maybe it's because they've got all these voices in their lives yelling at them, do this, do that, do this, and, and they're confused. Maybe, maybe they're scared. Or maybe they're just so full of pride and they're so selfish, they don't care. They're like, this is how I'm going to do it. I don't care who I hurt. I don't care if I hurt myself. But I'm going to go the way that I'm going to go. Folks, I'm here to tell you that if you want to take that attitude, that's fine. But if you take that attitude, God can't lead you. And here's the deal. God is perfect. God knows where you're supposed to go. God's plan is the perfect plan. He's giving you the gift. He's giving you the ability. If you want to let God lead your life, you have to humble yourself. Now, this is also important because of point two. Second thing I want to share, biblical truth, is this. Following Jesus sometimes involves taking a completely new direction in life. Following Jesus sometimes involves taking a completely new direction in life. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I know that this is the Christmas story, part of the Christmas story. And I know it's June, but according to my daughter, it should be Christmas all year round. So we're good. But actually, within this story is a perfect illustration of how Jesus can change the direction of your life. Matthew chapter 2. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who had been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, many of you have read that story before, but did you just catch that last part? 
Think about it for a minute. Again, you are the Magi. There are no maps. There are no GPS. There are no cell phones. There are no triptychs. There are no any of that kind of thing. You followed a star to get to Jesus. So obviously, as you're following that star, someone's keeping track. I'm not saying you're dropping breadcrumbs or anything like that. But you're definitely keeping track because you've got to still go back home. So now you've just met Jesus and now you're ready to go back home by the way you came. But in a dream, you are warned not to go back to Herod, but to return to your country by another route. Folks, there was no other route. They had to figure that one out. They had to make that one up. That was a different direction. They met Jesus and then they had to go in a totally different direction. Now I know that's more symbolic But folks, that's what happens to people's lives. When you give your life to Christ, you may have these pre-ideas of what you're going to do, these plans that you grew up with, but you give your life to Christ, and oftentimes Jesus says, okay, now I want you to go here. And that can be in a direction that you've never even thought of going, no one's in your family has ever gone, your friends don't go. It could totally turn your life around. It did for me. It did for me. When I was in the sixth grade, I wanted to be a professional quarterback. I wanted to be Roger Staubach. I know I'm dating myself. I don't care. That's who I wanted to be. But by the ninth, 10th grade, it was obviously that I was not built (laughs) to be a professional athlete. So I thought, okay, well, I'll be a sportscaster. So in high school, I thought I would want to be a sportscaster. But then in college, I went from communications journalism, and I became the sports editor for the college paper, and I thought, well, I'll write about sports. But then during college I found out, hey, I'm actually pretty good at bowling and this is before I was a Christian and I really enjoyed chasing girls. So I decided to make that my career. I was going to bowl and chase girls. Now, reality is this. I was a Shumsky. So what that meant, and I knew what that meant because everyone knows what that meant. Shumsky's grew up in Rochester. You got a job in Rochester. You lived in a suburb of Rochester. You married a nice, a nice Catholic girl, and that was your life. That's what Shumsky's, for the most part, did. But then I met Jesus, and I gave my life to Christ. And he said, no, 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 no. You're going to go in a different direction. You're going to go in a direction that no one in your family has ever gone. You're going to go in a direction that none of your friends have ever gone. You're going to chase girls, all right, but they're going to be four little ones. And now they're going to be four older ones. And you're going to get older, and it's going to be harder. (laughs) Because they're much faster than me now. My life went in a completely different direction. And guess what? It's been awesome because here I am. And I'm excited that I'm here. And my family's excited that we're here. Now, there's something I need to point out to you. Some of you might be sitting there going, well, gee, Pastor Chris, that's really nice. You know, you gave your life to Jesus and you asked Jesus what to do with your life and he showed you and it was really nice and cushy and easy and, well, just good for you. No. Let me tell you this right now. This is very, very important. You do not go the direction that God wants you to go because it's easy. Because I'm telling you right now, it's not. You go in the direction that God tells you to go because it's right. The Magi, having to find a different way back, was not easy. But it was right. Me becoming a free Methodist pastor was not easy. But it was right. My family struggled with it. I mean, we're a Roman Catholic family and I'm becoming a free Methodist pastor. That's a little different. 
Nobody in my family had done that. Now I've got one that has. I've got, so now we've got two free Methodist pastors. We're on a roll. But it was hard for my family. It was hard for my friends. I had a lot of friends in high school and college. But when I decided to go this way, that kept going that way. So I lost those friendships. That's hard. It hasn't been easy, but it's been right. Which leads me uh, to our final point. And this is important. And I think that this is where, if, well, if we were to poll the audience here, I think this is where most of you are. Uh, number three. The longer we know Jesus, the better we will understand his ways. The longer we know Jesus, the better we will understand his ways. When we humble ourselves, and when God gives us the direction to go, there are times, there are days, there are months, and sometimes, yes, there are years when your life will not make sense. When you will feel like you're in some kind of desert, and you're going to want God to move a lot quicker than he's decided to move. But the longer you know Jesus, the better you are going to understand his plans. And we know this. One of the illustrations for this is John chapter 12. Beginning in verse 12, it says that the next day, uh, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Now, all of this is happening and there's more stuff that's happening. And the disciples are watching all of this. And you know what? They don't understand it completely. But listen to what we read in verse 16. It says, at first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You see, even the disciples, you know, they were following Jesus. Their lives were totally going in a different direction. Man, there's a lot of stuff they didn't understand at first. But after Jesus rose from the dead, after he ascended into heaven, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the longer they knew Jesus the better they began to understand his plans. Ten years ago, um, my wife and I and our daughters, uh, we were at New Life Ministries in Endicott, New York. And if being a pastor was about climbing uh, the, the ladder of success, well then we had just reached the peak in the Free Methodist Church. It was a church of about 1,300 people. I was on staff. I was making more money than most senior pastors in our denomination. We had a house, big church. Um, I essentially got to do whatever I wanted to do. If I made stuff up, I said, hey, what do you think of this? I said, hey, go for it. I mean, it was just a blast. Other pastors would like look at our church and be like, oh, I wish I could be on staff at New Life. My daughters uh, had tons of friends. I mean, it was just a great place to be. And then God said to me, you need to go. He said, Chris, I want you to take all that you've learned here and leave New Life and go bring it to other churches. That's what I want you to do. And so it made a little bit of sense to me, but I'm going to tell you right now, it made no sense to my wife and absolutely zero sense to my daughters. And so they spent the next two years just basically crying every day. Because none of it made sense. They were missing their friends. They were leaving their church that they loved. 
to go because dad said God told him to go. Now, it's 10 years down the road, and I believe as we look back, it makes a lot more sense now, right? They see what God has done. They see the friendships they've made. They see how their lives have been steered, where they've ended up in college, where they've ended up professionally. And so, yeah, the move now, they can understand, makes a little bit more sense. And folks, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. You have to humble yourself and trust God. You have to go the direction he wants you to go. And then even when there are times when you're like, um, I don't get it. That's okay. That's okay. Just take a deep breath, rest, and trust. Because it comes back to our first question that we started with this whole message. Are you letting God direct your life? Are you letting God direct your life? Now let's go to the next steps. And again, as I've already mentioned, um, I'm going to kind of guess here, but just because I understand that many of you are Christians here today, that you have humbled yourself and you have said, God, yes, I'll do what you want me to do and God has sent you in a certain direction. But I think there's a possibility that some of you are here and you're like, yeah, Pastor Chris, I've done that, but God's not moving very fast. I mean, I thought by now I'd be married, I'd have kids, I'd have a house, I'd have, I, I thought I'd be farther down the road and God just doesn't seem to be on the same program with me. God's timing is not my timing, so I'm not getting it. I don't understand it. And let me tell you right now, that's okay. It's good that God's timing is not your timing, because your timing is wrong. My timing is wrong, right? That's just the way it is. God's timing is perfect. So if you're in that desert area today, I just want to encourage you just to embrace it. And, you know, trust that God's will is God's will. And maybe even say, God, you know, okay, okay. We're not moving as quick as you want, as I want us to move. So is there something you want me to be doing? Is there some way I can be preparing myself for the next step? We're not going as fast as I like, but what can I be doing right now for what I believe you're calling me to do in the, in the future? Now, maybe some of you are here and you're saying, oh, yes, Pastor Chris, I've just given my life to Christ and he wants me to go in a totally different, different direction nobody in my family my family is going what my friends are going what I'm thinking to myself what you know what is God doing telling me to go here and my my suggestion my um, advice to you very simply is go (laughs) go if God's telling you to go you better go can you imagine the magi saying uh thanks God for that but uh We got our way, so we're going to do what we want to do. Can you imagine me saying, uh, thanks, God. I understand that you've got this great ministry thing, but I like the whole bowling thing. The bowling thing is good. (laughs) No, that would have been bad. That would have been bad. If God's got a plan for you and he's made it clear to you the direction he wants you to go, go. Go. And then finally, um, and I don't know, but... Maybe some of you are here today and you're lost. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you have no idea what you're supposed to do. No idea where you're supposed to go. And maybe you're lost because, well, you've got pride. 
And maybe you're lost today because you've got too many voices yelling and screaming at you trying to tell you what to do. And maybe you're lost today because you're selfish and you want to do what you want to do. And maybe you're lost today because there's sin in your life. And folks, if there's sin in your life, it's just going to mess everything up. You're not going to see clearly. If you are here today and you are driving down a risky boulevard the wrong way, you know what I'm saying, pull over, pull over and say, God, I am lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. Please help me. Please forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my pride. Humble yourself and let God guide you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have too many people in our world today that are lost and they're just going to stay lost because they're not willing to humble themselves, pull over, and let God lead their life. I want to close with a section of the scripture we've already read. Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. The psalmist writes, Guide me in your truth and teach me For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Isn't that awesome? Guide me in your truth. In other words, not the world's lies, but God's truth. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Folks, my hope today is that your hope is in God all day long. 